Welcome to Multifamily Real Estate Investing, presented by Mara Poling. My name is Pat Poling. I'm the founder and CEO of Mara Poling. Happy to be with you this week to discuss a topic that is timely in that it's about today's market. And that is, how do you grow value in a market like today's market? I mean, interest rates are up, cap rates are on the rise, inflation is at a decade's high, there's a recession around the corner, there's always a recession around the corner, but this one's probably a little closer. How do you grow value in your multifamily investments with all of that going on? That's what we're going to talk about this week. As you always, thanks for joining us. Uh, my apologies if there's some background noise. Uh, we've got a little bit of uh, construction and other activity going on outside the studio, uh, quote unquote, uh, today. So uh, if there's a little background noise, my apologies. If you have questions about this session or others, please feel free to email me, pat at marapoling.com, M-A-R-A-P-O-L-I-N-G.com. And of course, swing by the Learning Center at marapoling.com for lots of other great content. All right, so let's get to the question at hand. How do we grow, to val grow value in a market like today's market? And as I said, I mean, interest rates are up. Interest rates have moved up over 100 basis points, about 150 basis points on some of the debt products that we use. Cap rates are on the rise, not as rapidly as interest rates, but they've moved 25 to 50, maybe 75 bips in some markets. Uh, inflation, right? Inflation's up. Tenants have less money because of inflation to spend. Uh, there's pressure on our operating expenses. And Everybody's wondering when a recession will actually start. Can the Fed pull this off and pull the economy back from its current growth, get inflation under control, and do it without triggering a recession? My guess is the odds are slim, but we'll see. That's what they're trying to do. So with all that going on, how on earth can you grow the value of your multifamily portfolio? Now. This is for those of you that have assets that you own yourself in your own portfolio, as well as those of you that are invested in syndications with sponsors like Mara Poling. You might be in an individual syndication. You might be invested in a fund, much like our total return fund. Today's conversation is applicable across the board. So let's start first with how we actually calculate value. So if we're talking about how to grow value, let's start with, well, what's value and how do we calculate it? So we look at value as a dissolution activity. So in other words, what's the value of the investment were it to come to an end today? Now, there's no way that can ever happen because it takes time, as we all know, to unwind a real estate investment. But if we could wave a magic wand and have an investment completely dissolved today, what would the value of that be? We use that calculation in valuing the assets that we have investments in 
for purposes of our investors, our clients, adding to their accounts, making additional investments, or in some instances, exiting an investment if that happens to be available for that particular syndication. So how do you calculate this dissolution? Well, there's three pieces to it. The first is the value of all the assets. What's all the stuff you're gonna get if you dissolved today? Well, you'd sell the asset, right? So if the property generates $500,000 in NOI and there's a, a $20 per uh, dollar value, meaning a five cap, then you'd see $10 million for the value of that asset. There's also cash that's in the bank and there's reserves. The lender's always holding on to a certain amount of reserve money that we gave them when we purchased the asset. So you add all that up and then you subtract the liabilities, the biggest one being the mortgage, right? The note. So you might have a five or six or $7 million note on an asset of that size. There's probably some payables and a few other items that are out there that need to get paid off. So you'd have all of that debt. Now, you might say, oh, okay, so that's the net value. No, because there's a third piece, and that is the cost of the exit. Now, some notes are structured such that when it comes time to pay the note off, you just pay the note off. Some are structured with a very modest exit fee, typically 1% of the value of the original note. So if you had a $7 million loan, $70,000 for an exit fee, pretty reasonable, not a terribly high number. There's also notes though, that have a prepayment penalty that could be structured a couple different ways. Sometimes it's actually called a prepayment penalty and it's a certain dollar amount or a percentage again of the note. Sometimes it's called yield maintenance and sometimes it's called defeasance. So we're gonna kind of lump all those together today for purposes of our conversation. Defeasance can be a substantial number. And we'll talk more about that in a moment, but you take defeasance and then the other costs of exit, right? You'd have a broker and some legal and a few other items. So you sell the building for 10 million, you get a few other dollars of cash from the lender and your bank, you pay off the note, you pay the defeasance and the other costs of getting out. And what you're left with is the actual net value. So in today's environment, how can we grow that net value? So let's walk through each of the pieces and take a look at, first, the forces that are working against us to decrease the value of the investment. And then we'll take a look at what we can do to increase the value. So first and foremost, the sale of the asset, right? That's the biggest value generator we can get is the asset itself. And for a given amount of NOI, if cap rates are going up, well, then the asset value is going down. If the asset had been valued, say at 11 million or 12 million and cap rates moved up, to 5% in the example I'm using, then you'd lose a million or $2 million in value and you'd be at $10 million. Why are cap rates going up? Lots of different reasons. 
part of it is driven by the fact that as interest rates increase, some buyers aren't able to underwrite deals at the price that sellers would like to get. And therefore, there are fewer buyers. And if there's fewer buyers, that means we're going to have lower prices. So interest rates moving up, as well as other things going on in the debt markets, loan to values being a good example, they've pulled back as well. But those items have moved cap rates up. Now, as I said, cap rates have not gone up basis point for basis point along with interest rates. Interest rates have moved up at least 100 basis points. Cap rates have not moved that much. So that is going to suppress the value of the asset. Now, our debt is the same, right? Our note isn't changing unless it's a floating rate loan. And if it's a floating rate loan, then our debt service may in fact be going up, therefore reducing the amount of cash that we generate. Now that's not changing the NOI because when we sell the property, it's gonna be sold as a free and clear asset. The new buyer is going to put their own debt in place. So it affects our cash position and the cash yield we get, but it doesn't affect the value. It's one of the reasons we use NOI and not a cash flow number. NOI is pre-debt. It's an unlevered rate of return that we're looking at. Uh, and that means that all the different kinds of debt that we can have out there aren't an impact to that valuation. But it does reduce the amount of cash that we're receiving from the asset which for our purposes of owning the asset certainly reduces the value of it because it's not generating the same amount of cash. Well, then we have the cost of the exit. So we have our fees that we have to pay, and then we have this prepayment penalty. And this is where we start to flip from the impact of the current market being a negative on value, and we start looking at actually an improvement to the value of the asset. So defeasance or yield maintenance moves inversely to interest rates. So what that means is if I have a property where I have a million dollars of defeasance in this day, and six months from now, interest rates have moved up 50 basis points, then I'm not gonna have a million dollars in defeasance, I'm gonna have $800,000. Now, the way that works is this, is when a lender makes a loan, they're essentially booking the value of all of that interest they're going to receive over the hold period of that debt. 10 year debt, they're booking 10 years of income for themselves. If we wanna sell and pay that loan off early, the lender wants the rest of their money. And the way that's done is through a process called defeasance. If interest rates go up, then it takes less money to generate the income that the lender needs. Therefore, the defeasance costs go down. Conversely, and we experienced this several years ago when interest rates were dropping considerably, defeasance will go up. So that million dollar defeasance become, could become a million two in an environment where interest rates moved down 
by 50 basis points. So interest rates moving up are actually providing growth for the value of the asset. Again, the asset is valuable in terms of what you would get if you sold it today. Now, defeasance becomes a non-issue if you hold the asset for the entire term. And that's certainly a, a strategy that can be employed. If you do that, then all of the moving back and forth today becomes less relevant and it becomes more of a timing issue about what are things going to look like when it comes time for you to exit way down the road. So we can see an actual growth in value because of the change in interest rates and the change to defeasance. Now, cap rates going up are reducing our value. Defeasance going down is increasing our value. Do they offset? No, they don't. It's possible, I guess, in some scenarios that they would, but in our experience, there's generally not that much defeasance on an asset that you could see that kind of savings. A typical asset in our portfolio a year ago might have had a million and a half dollars in defeasance. So obviously, if you saw a $2 million reduction in your exit price, there's not enough defeasance savings to make up for it. So how do you do what I posed as the question at the beginning of this? How do you grow value in today's market? Well, the way to do that is the way that we always do it. And that is to grow net operating income. It's very easy to get distracted by interest rates and cap rates and defeasance and all the other things that move around. And they are absolutely part of the equation to calculate the specific value at any given point in time. But I can't control any of those. None of us can. We don't control what interest rates are. We hope that we have some impact on what a cap rate would be for an asset when we exit. But that's some influence. It's certainly not uh, control over it. Uh, and obviously, interest rate movement that would affect defeasance, I don't have any control over that as well once I'm at this stage. I have control over it up front with the kind of debt I put in place and how I negotiate uh, the terms of the loan. But once I have a loan in place, I've got the loan that I have and I have to deal with the terms that I agreed to. So how do you improve value? you move NOI. And if that's the way we move value, then that should be the focus at any point in time, not just in today's market, but in any market. Moving NOI is how we grow the value of an asset. Now, if you were listening to all the items I rattled off up front, one of the ones I mentioned was inflation. Inflation is up. And inflation has two impacts on NOI. One, our costs go up, our operating expenses go up. It costs more. We may have to pay more from a labor standpoint because the labor market is tight. We may have to pay more for supplies and materials. We may have to pay more for subcontracted services, landscapers, HVAC support, plumbers, all sorts of other things, those increasing operating expenses are going to decrease NOI. And a decrease in NOI is going to decrease the value of the asset. 
And inflation is going to put the pinch on tenants. Tenants are going to have less money because they're experiencing higher costs. Someone's gone from spending $100 over some period of time on fuel for their car, and now they're spending $140. Well, that's $40 they have to get from somewhere. Now, part of what counteracts that is the tight labor market I talked about. A tight labor market means wages are going up. If I have to pay more for the staff that works at one of our properties, that likely means as well that some of the tenants that live there are also seeing higher wages. So there's some opportunity there. The biggest opportunity is still tied back to the supply demand imbalance that's at the core of why multifamily is such a great investment. Even in the face of the significant inflation that we have seen, class B in particular multifamily continues to be very highly occupied. And high occupancy levels mean the market is telling us there's room for those rents to increase. And increasing rents allow us to increase net rental income. I'm very fond of saying, and if you've listened to our uh, sessions for any length of time, uh, that NOI is really the key number to focus on. There's also an argument to be made that inside NOI, there's an even more important number, and that is the net rental income number. How much are we actually generating in income, which is a function of the rents that we charge, the level of occupancy that we have, bad debt, concessions, and all the other income items that we have. How are we growing that? And in our experience over the last six months, just to take a snapshot, while interest rates have moved, which has helped move cap rates higher, and some of that's been offset by some decreases in defeasance, we've actually seen continued NOI growth solid single-digit growth. In some instances, for some of our assets, it's double-digit NOI growth. And it's driven by net rental income growth that's in excess of the increase in operating expenses because of inflation and the impact that we've seen there. So the answer to the question, how do you grow the value of your multifamily investments with all of this that's going on the answer is you do it the way you grow it, even when these things aren't occurring. You move NOI, and the way to move NOI is to move net rental income. And that means finding opportunities to provide value in a market where the consumer, i.e. tenants, are going to compensate us through higher rents for the value that we're providing to them. So value-add projects, adding additional amenities, reserve parking, covered parking, business centers, making improvements to interiors, and doing so consistent with what the market tells us we can and should be doing. As we've done that, we have seen values grow, even in the face of these other factors. If you own your own portfolio, you may not be subject to the defeasance 
that we've discussed that tends to be something you'll see in commercial notes. So if you own some properties where you have more of a simple mortgage structure, you might not see that movement, which also means when rates fell, you didn't see an increase in your defeasance. But even if you set that aside, you're still looking at a situation where growing the rent on your asset can ultimately move the needle on the value of your property. For those of you that are invested in passive investments with a syndicator, your syndicator should be doing exactly what we're describing. And that is focusing on moving net rental income and doing that to counteract these other forces that are at play today. I hope you found this week's session valuable. If you have any questions, don't hesitate to shoot me an email, pat at marapolling.com. And please join us again next week for another episode of Multifamily Real Estate Investing presented by Mara Polling.